It was a big weekend for the Hawkeyes, both literally and figuratively. Caden Proctor is an Iowa Hawkeye. We break it down, plus hoops. Iowa battles number two, Purdue, and comes up short. And number two, Iowa, on the women's side, falls at Ohio State. All today, Locked On Hawkeyes. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Happy to have you aboard with us here for another week. We're available wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. We got plenty of basketball to talk about over the weekend. Iowa on the men's side falls to number two, Purdue. A great opportunity in the game. Sold out Carver Hawkeye Arena. That place wanted to explode, but never could get over the hump in the second half. And, of course, the women on Sunday falling at Ohio State. 12-point lead in the fourth quarter of that one. Let it slip away and fall in overtime to the Buckeyes. We'll break that down. What does it mean? And where do we go from here in hoops? But we kick things off today with the big story of the weekend, even with those two big matchups in basketball, wrestling team going out and dominating against Purdue. It was about Caden Proctor. So the rumblings had been out there for a while. In fact, right here on Lockdown Hawkeyes, every day, as you know, we've been talking about this for weeks. The the conversation had been out there in central Iowa, where I'm from, that there's rumblings that Caden Proctor wasn't exactly happy. And then ultimately Nick Saban walking away and retiring opened up the floodgates. Now, even before that, there were some rumblings out there that this could be a possibility that he was looking to leave Alabama and likely come home. And obviously this is the way that it played out now in the here and now. We'll talk about what this means for Iowa football and what it means to have a left tackle at the level that we saw Caden Proctor certainly play in the back half of the season. And we will get into that and what it means for Iowa and that offensive line. But, you know, big picture things. And there's been plenty out there that I've seen. Now, it's social media. Be obviously very careful there. Doesn't matter what your style is. If you're somebody on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever it is, there's negativity that follows everywhere. There's some asinine comments that are out there, message boards, the same kind of thing. You're going to get that. But to see a portion of the population say, nope, don't want him. He had his opportunity. Uh, no more. Come on. It's just, it's not reality. It's not the way that the world works anymore. And think of the great Hawkeyes that have gone through that were transfer athletes. I mean, you think of uh, guys like Jared Utah. You're going to kick him to the curb because he started his career at Wisconsin. Our quarterback now, Cade McNamara. This is going to be the reality of college sports as we know them. With the transfer portal the way that it is, you cannot say, sorry, you didn't start here. You're not going to play here. Ken Proctor had opportunities. And the way that it was handled leading up until two days before signing day, it was frustrating, no doubt. I was frustrated with it. But you have to give credit to the Iowa coaching staff. I'm not making it sour grapes. And we talked last week about Tyler Barnes and his comments and just how refreshing that they were. 
because they were a time all of us as fans, we were hurt. We were disappointed. We were frustrated. It's one thing to lose a recruit, to lose a in-state guy that you think you have. But to lose him two days before signing day, when he was going to be your starting left tackle, make no, no doubt about it. He was going to be a starter as a true freshman as he was at Alabama. And it had to completely change what Iowa did in the portal and what they did getting ready for this season and going into yet another year without traditional tackles. The offensive line got better, but it still wasn't great this year. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And we certainly saw that play out throughout the course of the season. Improvement, sure, but not a great offensive line. You put Caden Proctor in there a year ago, how different would it have been? We don't know. But to say that we don't want him because he had an opportunity or the way that he handled it, come live in reality. And that's reality. The reality is you cannot shut doors. And when talent wants to come to Iowa, you can't just say no. Be happy for it. And he saw a young man as he was being interviewed on Saturday. He saw a young man that seemed very at peace, very happy. Now, football in the SEC, it's different. They say it's different here, and it is. Coming back home, the ability to obviously play with Xavier Wampa, one of his best friends growing up throughout high school. Being somewhere where he just feels comfortable, someplace that he grew up. That's an important thing. And this is going to help this football team out immensely. Kaden Proctor made huge improvements. He was not very good at the beginning of the year. I mean, you go back to the Texas game, a very talented defensive front for the Longhorns, and he was manhandled, and he looked bad. And you know, there were some rumblings out there that he was approaching 400 pounds when camp started uh, back in August at Alabama. Lost some weight, but was probably not in the best physical shape to get ready for the season and played himself into shape. And as we mentioned, played really well in the back half of the year. And go back, yeah, he got beat at times against Michigan. Go back to the game before that against Georgia. The team's got a little talent themselves. He played incredibly well. I believe the highest rated offensive lineman in the SEC championship game in that one for PFF. He's going to be your starting left tackle. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, you got a three-year starter at left tackle. Mason Richmond was not good this year. Jennings Dunker, I still don't know. And this is going to be a huge spring now for Kirk Ferentz, George Barnett, to figure this out. We've seen this for way too long, that Iowa tinkering around, dinking around with their offensive line. And well, by the time you get to middle of October, maybe they got it figured out, but too much playing around. None of that. This spring is obviously putting in a new offensive system, number one. Whoever the coordinator is going to be, will we find that out this week? I don't know. Hopefully, we'll see. Get it right, Kirk. That's all we ask, right? Get it right. That's what you're looking for. But that aside, so figuring out what is the best course. You got one thing, absolutely no doubt about it, locked in. Ken Proctor's your left tackle. No ifs, ands, or buts. No, count, no, he is your starting left tackle. Boom, done. But you have four other positions to figure out. Connor Colby, as we saw throughout the course of his career, He's not a tackle. He's a guard. He played it pretty well last year. All right, there's a starting guard. Left guard, right guard, whatever. He's a starting guard. Is it Tyler Ellsbury or is it Logan Jones at center? You have to figure that out. I know Logan Jones has the physical tools and physically really good. And he makes some eye-popping blocks and he does a lot of good things. But the consistency still isn't there from Logan Jones. I like Tyler Ellsbury. 
I think Tyler Ellsbury is a superior player, was a superior player a year ago to him at the center position. Jones is still good. Okay, how about that? I think Ellsbury was a little bit better. Of those two, one will be the starter, one will be the backup. Can either of those guys also play the guard position? Something to figure out. And then you get over to the other side and figuring out what you do now with Mason Richmond, who is 6'6", 315 pounds, and Jennings Dunker, who is just a mountain of a man, and figure out, is he better inside? Is he a better guard? That's what this spring needs to be. Yeah, they're going to tinker. They're going to toy with it. They're going to play around with it because that's what Kirk Ferentz does with the offensive line. We get that. But at least have a better idea than you normally do coming out of spring practice. Figure that out. Because Iowa, once you get into Big Ten play, the beginning of the season, it's tough. You go to Minnesota. Go up there, chance to get a victory, get the pig back. After that, it's at Ohio State. Back-to-back road games to kick off Big Ten slate. And you can't be messing around going into Columbus against a team that very well could be absolutely loaded looking at their returners. That is a huge part of what we need to see this spring. Caden Proctor, welcome home, young man. Called a lot of his games in high school. Saw him a whole bunch. He's impressive. He is going to help this offensive line, this offense as a whole. Make it work. And get the higher right for offensive coordinator. Hoops over the weekend, not very good. Men go down to Purdue. The women fall at Ohio State. We'll talk about each of those games as we continue here. This is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Stay right there as we continue talking a little hoops, instant reaction from the weekend that was in Iowa sports. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapped up. We are on to the championship games in both the AFC and the NFC, and there's still time for you to get in on the action with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app super easy to win, to use and so many different ways for you to play. They have same-game parlays. They have live same-game parlays. Love that one. Watch the game for a little bit, see how it's playing up, and then jump aboard. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. Plus, you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find the most popular parlays that are out there. And a whole lot more taking a look at futures, win regular season titles, win championships, college hoops, get to the Final Four. They got you covered at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup that's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel official partner of the nfl trent kind of back with you here on the lockdown hawkeyes podcast thanks for making lockdown hawkeyes your first listen every day so let's go chronologically here over the weekend that was in iowa athletics nice win for iowa on the wrestling mat on friday night as they dispatch Purdue, win eight of the ten matches. There are a lot of bonus points out there. Purdue hasn't been good for a long time in wrestling, and Iowa did what they needed to. Drake ILFL, that was a little bit disappointing to kick things off, but overall, very solid performance there uh, on Saturday. So you get not great weather, but improving weather. How about that? I mean, though the roads are still icy and they're still snow piled up and trying to find a parking spot around Carver-Hawkeye Arena is incredibly difficult it was a Saturday game, 1 o'clock. The excuses were out the door. There was no NFL you're going up against. It was all there. And the Hawkeye fans showed up. And credit to them. 
showing up, selling out the place for a game. That was great to see. And started off incredibly well. Iowa raced out to an early lead, led 18-14 at one point. Sanford had knocked down a three, had a little bit of everything early in the portion of the basketball game, and then went awry. A 19-2 run by Purdue as they took control of the game. And really, that was about as close as it was. Iowa, you can say outside of that stretch, outside of that 19-2 run, they played Purdue basically even. And you can, because it's, it's true. But it doesn't tell the whole story of that basketball game. We said going in, if Iowa was going to win this game, they were going to have to shoot it from the outside incredibly well. That's how Northwestern beat Purdue. That's how Nebraska beat Purdue. Unfortunately for Iowa, they didn't shoot it from the outside very well. 5 of 17 from 3. And even before they started chucking a little late trying to get back in the game, it just wasn't going well. I thought this team was going to be a bit better from the outside than they've been this season. I would say overall it's been a little bit disappointing from out there. Perkins 0 for 3. Sanford finishes 3 of 10. Um, the Bali tried a 3 in the first half. Bryce Sanford hit one that rolled one in. Um, what was that, late in the first half, early in the second, whenever it was, when he was out there for his spot minutes. But overall, just good knockdown shots from the outside. You know, Tony Perkins for a while, he was getting to the rim, doing some really good things out there. I, I walked away in a double-digit loss to Purdue at home. Not devastated. Now, I think we saw enough out of this squad to, to make us still believe that there can be a path for this team to at least get back in the bubble. Get back in the conversation. There's still a ways away. I mean, you look at the resume. There's not a quad one victory in there. There's not going to be a ton of opportunities for Iowa to pile up quad one victories also this year. Another thing that we have to kind of realize when we're looking at it, that, that's a top 30 win at home. Uh, the rest of the way, Illinois, probably going to be the only other opportunity that they have for a home victory in the quad one. Road victories even against the top 75, not a ton of those either. So it was an opportunity. And you just didn't play well enough to win it. I thought we saw some things defensively, but Edie is just such a monster. And the way I was built, Cricky's not a plus defender. Owen Freeman's still a freshman. You get frustrated. The two fouls came up again. I complain about it a ton. I know you've probably all heard it before. I just, fouling out your own guy because you don't let him play with two fouls. It's something that is just baffling to me. And the reason the theory baffles me and Fran McCaffrey is because he trusts his guys so much in late game situations. He's not a guy that is you know, dictating everything and using timeouts and being, I guess, overly coach in those situations. He believes in his guys. He trusts his guys. But yet with two fouls, he won't do it. And I think it's also another thing for a freshman like Freeman. Look, he wants his guys out there late. I get that. But if you don't get to a position late in the game where you got a real chance of winning, what's the point? Another argument on the other side. Owen Freeman plays 21 minutes in the game, two, uh, six points, two rebounds, and two assists there. Josh Dix, he was cooking early on, passing the ball incredibly well. When Iowa got out to their good start, he had three assists, but it was when he went to the bench, and him and Perkins, and I think those guys on the bench for too long, as they put both Bowen and Harding in there, that's when the run happened the other way. And against those guards for Purdue, they'll get up on you, they'll bother you, Smith, uh, Lawyer, Jones, who, boy, does he just look like your prototypical Purdue guy? Just annoying. <laughs> That's Jones for them. Gillis off the bench first. They got just got a they got a good team. Yeah, you can talk about their their own issues come March Madness, and it's certainly been a big part of the resume for Matt Painter. But 
is a talented team, is a tough one to beat. I mean, Kaufman Wren, he looks mini next to Zach Eady. That dude's like 6'10". He's a monster, but compared to Eady, it's just completely different. Iowa, it's it's a bad matchup for him. And, and that's another thing we talked about last week. And it kind of, it ultimately played out. I thought Iowa would play a little bit better. I thought they'd have more of an opportunity going into the five, final five minutes of the game. And, you know, they had that stretch where it's at, what, 78-70. It's sitting at that point, three different possessions. I was getting stops on the other end of the floor. Again, the defense I, I thought was okay, at least for their standards, has been okay this season. You get three stops. You had one where Sanford hunted for a three. Wasn't a great look. Missed that one. Had another opportunity. Can't exactly remember off the top of my head the way it went. But it was there. It was there to, you know, if you could have hit that three, cut it to five. The crowd, they were waiting to explode. They were just, you're waiting for that moment. And ultimately never came. Dembale, he was in there battling. He had to play a lot more because of the foul trouble to Freeman. I thought you saw some good things from him, giving up a ton of size. We'll see on that ankle injury as he turned his ankle uh, late in the game, what that's going to mean. Uh, Bronze went in there, and at least Bronze wasn't what we see in the past. He just goes in, he's just hacking and fouling and and not really helping out very much. I thought Bronze was okay, and that's a good role for him. I I would like to see him in that role a little bit more. I, I think he's a guy that can definitely help you, especially when foul trouble comes up. But outside of the three pointer we mentioned from Price Sanford into Bali with a bucket, didn't get anything off the bench. Dix got to hunt that shot a little bit more. Three of seven from the field, only one uh, from downtown. Just need more offensively from Josh Dix. That, that's the way this team is built. On days where Peyton Sanford's not knocking down a bunch of three pointers, he had three, but it was three of 10. You need more out of Josh Dix offensively. And not just as a facilitator, which he did incredibly well. Three assists early on, seven in the game. You need him hunting a shot. When I got those last two victories, it was a whole lot of Josh Dix. Need more out of him. We're asking for more. Now for Iowa, this is what's coming up next. And it's another big opportunity for them going forward. They get Maryland coming in, who that game late against Michigan State got away from them. When you get them in Carver, you get the rematch against Michigan. You have to get it. I know it's a road game. You have to get that. You can't get swept by this crappy Michigan team. Then you go to Indiana, who's been bad. After that, it's home for Ohio State. That's a toss-up game. You go to Penn State. That's not very good this year. Minnesota at home after that. Then you go to Maryland. I mean, you look at this stretch of games that they have coming up. There's a real opportunity. There really is for them to go on a road. Even the game against uh, Wisconsin after that in the middle of February. I mean, we're going way ahead. But what we say when you look at this. So this is be, let's see, nine games. Can you go six and three in those nine? Home for Maryland at Michigan, at Indiana, home for Ohio State, at Penn State, Minnesota at home, at Maryland, Wisconsin. Yeah, I think you can. You get to 6-3 and in that stretch, and we'll be talking again. We'll be talking about a team that's going to have a difficult closing stretch. After Wisconsin, it's at Michigan State, at Illinois. Two places that have been houses of horrors for Iowa. Up at the Breslin Center, followed up by a trip over to, what do they call it, State Farm now in Champaign. You get Penn State, and then you finish at Northwestern in Illinois again. It's a difficult closing stretch. And Terrence Shannon is coming back, by the way, for Illinois. Odd. We'll leave that one to a side. Chances there. Got to win games. Got to pile up some victories. They did what they needed to. They won the three straight against Rutgers, Nebraska, and Minnesota. Now, let's go on another run. I think this team can do it. I think the improvements are happening, even in a 14-point loss. 
walked away with at least a little bit of hope for this squad. We continue on Lockdown Hawkeyes. The women took their first loss in a long time. The winning streak comes to a close on the road against Ohio State, blowing a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter. Didn't go well for the women. We'll talk about the game and what happened after the game. Caitlin Clark getting pummeled on the court storming from the Buckeye fans. We'll do that as we come back. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Trent kind of back with you one final time on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Network. We got you covered on the Hawkeyes side of things. Locked On Big Ten with a look across the Big Ten with Craig Sheehan doing a great job over there. Your favorite MLB team, NFL team, NBA, NHL, you name it. We got you covered here on the Locked On Network. We take a final look now at the Hawkeye whip. And we will talk with a cursory glance about what happened after the game. But to the game, because ultimately that's what matters. That's what this is. The winning streak comes to a close, 192. A stretch with eight and a half minutes to play, Iowa's got a 12-point lead. It's 80-68. Looked like they were going to finish this thing off, and then they didn't. It was inside a whole lot of Cody McMahon. She was outstanding in the post. She finishes with 33 points. So Iowa went zone late in the basketball game, throughout most of the fourth quarter. And you get it. You know, with a player like McMahon against Iowa's post, you understand that. You want to pack it in. But they were packing it in. And not only that, that 2-3 zone that they're doing, it reminded me a lot of a Dr. Tom team because they were just they were allowing the ball to get into the high post so easily. They, when you're running a zone, when you're running offense against the zone, what do you want to do? You want to get it in the high post, and then you have a lot of options off of that. It doesn't matter if it's 1-3-1. It doesn't matter if it's 2-3. That's what you're going to do a majority of the time. If you're doing things offensively, that's what you want to do. Now, if you're defense, you don't want to allow them to do that because, you know, that's a soft spot of most zones, and that's where you can be hurt in a myriad of different ways. It wasn't going zone that frustrated me about the game plan by Coach Bluter in the fourth quarter. It was how they were running the zone and the way that it was, and, and that gave McMahon some space. Her ability to go off the bounce, Iowa didn't have an answer for it. And it didn't matter if it was Stulky in there, if it was O'Grady, if it was Goodman. They just didn't have an answer. And she was able to basically do whatever she wanted in that high post. And she got going to the rim, offensive rebounds. There's an offensive rebound while Stulky wasn't in there. A lot to question in this game. Lisa Bluter's won a ton of games. Absolutely has. And she's a great basketball mind. Her and Jan Jetson and Fitz and, and the whole crew. They have a lot of really good coaches there. This was not a great one, though. This was not one that you're going to talk about, about a game plan and what they did. And again, they had a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter, and it went away. It went away because of the defense. And this is what happened in the national championship game a year ago, where you let somebody head knock down threes, hit a bunch of them in the first half. That You just kind of throw your arms up. This was a game that was there for the taking. and if not the most difficult game remaining on the schedule, the second most. It was this in the Indiana Road game that are going to be the toughest the rest of the way. Some things came up, though, that leave you questioning a little bit 
what kind of run this team can have and if there's going to be certain matchups that they're going to struggle. In a game where you put up 92 points, you put up 83 points of regulation, you feel pretty good about what you're doing offensively. Caitlin finishes with 45. Molly Davis with 14. We didn't see a whole lot of Molly late, though. I continue to maintain, I think Taylor McCabe needs to play more. She's a shooter, and this team needs more help from the outside. Gabby had figured it out for a while. She finishes the game 1-3, 0-2 from downtown. Hit that runner early in the game, a little pull-up jumper that she hit. That was it. Need a little bit more offense. And it's crazy in a game where he scored 92 points to say that. The defense is still not great. It's not going to be great. And I just can't wrap my mind around what continues to happen with the post play here. Is knowing what awaits them. There are going to be teams and matchups. You look at Kansas State. They got a really talented center. And I know Iowa got him in the rematch down in Florida. But they're going to be post players that they're going to play throughout the course of the NCAA tournament that are going to be really good. Are really talented. Is it time to tell Goodman, Oral Grady, that we're going to give you 20 minutes now? The time is yours. And over the next couple of games, we're going to give you that opportunity where you're going to be able to play through some issues, play through some struggles, but you're not going to get pulled right away. You make a mistake, you miss a layup, you're still going to go back in there and you're going to play. The schedule going forward for Iowa coming up after this. Nebraska, who's pretty good, you get them at home on Saturday. You go to Northwestern, at Maryland, not the same Brenda Free team maybe you're used to. Still pretty, pretty difficult. Penn State, who's playing better, but you get them at home. At Nebraska, that could be tough. Michigan, then the big ones are at the end of the year. At Indiana, that's on February 22nd. And then the rematch against Ohio State in what will be senior day for Caitlin Clark coming up on Sunday, March 3rd frustrating. Now after the game, student section rushes the floor, having a good time. They just upset number two. They just beat Caitlin Clark in overtime. Got no problem with it. Have fun. Caitlin Clark got bumped into. Now there was not a foul to be called. A little bit of a flop there. Looked like a little bit of a flop. And you can argue that there should have been a better way, that there should have been Certainly more people around, more security, those kind of things to make it not what it was. But come on, let's not make this out to be World War III. Caitlin got bumped into. Could have been bad. It could have. A lot of things could be bad. Right? Hard fouls can be bad. There's lots of things that could be bad. It wasn't. She got bumped into. She's fine. She said she's fine after the game. Not going to change it. Security going forward. The next of the road trips. Yeah, probably Big Ten needs to talk. Because for women's basketball, most of these places are not used to having a full building. So does it mean you're going to have to hire a few more security people? Probably. And should that happen? Yeah. But let's slow down on some kind of indictment that this is for Ohio State. we got plenty of things to hate the Buckeyes about in that athletic department. This doesn't need to be another one. All right. Caitlin got bumped into. She flopped on the floor. She'll be all right. She's going to be fine. More security, sure, make that argument. But let's slow down on some grand illusions that this is some kind of absolute, oh, man. No, come on. Let's be a little smarter about it.
we got a big week possibly coming up here on Locked On Hawkeyes as we continue to wait for the offensive coordinator. Well, the divisional round is over in the NFL. That means four more teams are knocked out. What does that mean? Maybe, just maybe, some of those coaches that were involved on the losing side, are they some of the names that we should be looking at for the new offensive coordinator? Plenty of speculation. Rumblings, rumors, we will get you, and we will talk about it here, as we always do, on Locked On Hawkeyes. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Rough weekend on the basketball, but hey, we got Caden Proctor. We'll take that. Now we got to go get some wins on the hardwood, and we will be here with you throughout the week. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.